tribulations no person is safe from any danger with regards to our physical material things then we know to protect ourselves from the dangers of these things we put up security system alarm system night watchmen security guards and what not these are to protect our valuables our assets from the dangers out there from the people out there so that our hard earned efforts don't get taken away by the greed of others now that is our material things our dunya our wealth house car shop business job families all that we will protect in this way there is a greater thing 
that needs greater protection. Like in this dunya, if a man has got his valuable watch and he won't go and leave it in the bank or something, he'll keep it safely in his cupboard at home if he's not using it. But if he's got so much of money, or he's got so much of jewelry, then now he'll look for a more secure place where the security system, the alarm system is even better. And if he's got even more, if he's got his whole business there, his whole shop, his supermarket, his office, whatever, then you'll find he'll make sure electric fence and beams and whatever he can do, he will do to protect it. So the greater the value he puts, the more he will spend on securing that place. As I mentioned, something greater than this dunya, the worldly things, is our Iman. Our Iman is the greatest, the highest of all these things. A person has nothing of dunya, he's got Iman, he is successful in this dunya too and he's successful in the hereafter also. On the flip side, a man got everything of dunya, okay, the richest billionaire, trillionaire, whatever you want to call him in the world, but if he's deprived of Iman, you know, they list the top 10 wealthiest persons, but there's no Iman, it's one big fat zero in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forever burning in Jahannam, no value whatsoever. And the man on this earth with the weakest Iman, the weakest Iman, is more valuable in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then all those top 10 if they don't have Iman. Because he's got Iman. That lowest level of Iman also in the eyes of Allah has got great value. Just to make us understand the entire system that we see around us, the system of this dunya, of this world, the rising of the sun from the east, setting in the west, the winds blowing, the alternating of the day and the night and the coolness, the heat and the wind and the snow and the rain. Whatever we see that's happening, it is all happening because of the people of Iman. So let's say for argument's sake, if all the believers in this world, all, Allah Pak has to take us all away from this world and leaves only one believer in this world. Only one. And that believer also who? With a weak Iman. If you look at him, you may not know he's a believer or she's a believer. You will not know. But he's got Iman in the heart. As long as that one believer is there, we all may be gone. But that one person is there, some part in the world maybe. Maybe living in the cave, maybe living in the submarine, maybe living on mountain, wherever the person may be living. Lapak will still make the sun rise, set the moon, the waning and the waxing of the moon and the tides and the winds and the rain, everything will continue for that one believer. But no sooner that last believer with the weakest and weakest of Iman. In one hadith Sharif, Allah through Rasulullah explained to us that how weak that Iman can be. That when all the people will be put into Jannat and Jahannam respectively. Then there will be some believers still burning in Jahannam. Allah will tell the angels that go in the Jahannam and see those that got Iman now. We finished purifying them for so many years, hundreds of years, thousands of years, whatever. Now let's take them out, we'll refresh them, we'll put them through a river that's called the river of life that'll give them a new body, new look, fresh look and make them forget all their miseries and put them into Jannah because they got Iman. So angel will go take out thousands of people and put them into Jannah and Allah will send the angels again, go again, they'll take out more people, say look again, you'll find someone got some more, little bit of Iman. Eventually they'll come back and say, oh Allah Pak, now we went through the whole of Jahannam, one side to the other, top to bottom, you know how deep it is also, we found there's no one with Iman. Then Allah will say, no, there's still one more person there, he's got so little bit Iman, tiny bit of Iman he's got that you cannot see his Iman, but I know he's got that Iman there. Allah will say, I will take him out, take him out, cleanse him and put him in Jannah. So even that kind of a person with that little bit of Iman, his surviving in this world uh, is a means of the systems of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to continue to function. But when that person is gone, that person is gone, Allah Pak says, Iza shamsu kuwirat, wa idha nujumun kadrat, idha samaun shakkat, wa idha... Allah Pak will bring disaster in this dunya. The sun and the moon will clash, the mountains will, will become like cotton flakes. The mountains, imagine huge mountains, they'll become like flakes of wood that'll be just blown away in the sky, in the, in the atmosphere. The seas, the earth, everything will be destroyed and demolished. There'll be nothing. The whole world will be one big flat piece of land. Why? There is no need for the function because there is no more believer left in this world. And that just gives us an understanding of how valuable or how much of value and regard Allah has for our Iman. Now how much you and I have to make effort to protect, preserve 
nourish and make that iman grow from strength to strength. So to test us, Allah Pak made a system in this dunya to test that iman. That Allah Pak will put us through trial, test. Sometimes the test will be through the parents. Sometimes the test will be through the children. Sometimes the test will be through wealth. Sometimes the test will be through a job. Sometimes the test will be uh, in our in our social gatherings, in our social atmosphere or social background. Sometimes it will be, you know, some sometimes be a political way in the country. It will be sometimes Allah Pak will test our iman. Allah Pak is saying, what do the people think? That they'll say we brought iman and we will you will not test them. Uh, Allah says that most definitely uh, we will test them like how we tested the people before. So Allah Pak is gonna test our iman. We have to make effort to protect the iman. Now there are lots of things we can do to protect our iman. And in today's time we understand that the attacks on iman are from every direction. A person cannot say that hey, only if I go to shop and job, the environment is terrible. Or a person cannot say only the children that are going to school. Whichever direction you turn. Sometimes in your own family gatherings, you sit in there, your iman is at stake. Sometimes the way the discussions go and the way the people's views are exposed over there, that you realize that this man, we taught him to be a man on deen. We taught him to have iman in his heart. We taught him to have strong. But look at the statements coming out of his heart, out of his, out of his mouth. So nevertheless, to protect ourselves from all this iman, there are many, many ways. The strongest way that Allah Pak has given us is the Suratul Kahf that we are told to recite on a Friday. Now, many of us is just overtaken, you know, it's just like, okay, it's all right, one of those things. Some, some of us may be reading it also, but we're reading out of a habit. Our ibadat should not be a habit. Our ibadat should have life in jan in it. And I'm reading it because there are so many virtues. I'll just go through a few virtues. Rasulullah said that person who recites first 10 verses of Surah Al-Kahf. Now, this is a, the concise version. Now, for those who don't have the time to read the entire thing, the ideal is to read the whole thing. These first 10 verses and the last 10 verses of Surah Al-Kahf, every Friday, Allah Pak will create a nur, a light from his head, from his toes, from his feet, till his head that will envelop him, cover him. He'll be protected by this light and he'll be protected from all types of trials. In one hadith it comes that there'll be a nur that will go from his feet right up to the heavens, to the seven heavens. And Allah Pak will grant him a special nur that will envelop him, that will cover him and that will be a means of security for him. In one narration it comes, the person who recites Surah Kahf on a Friday, the whole Surah from one end to the other end, Allah Pak will protect him from all the trials for eight days. In other words, starting this Friday, finishing off next Friday, inclusive. So again, here is next Friday, it will start again for the next eight days. So for eight days inclusive, Allah Pak will protect that person from all types of trials and tribulations that are coming in this dunya. Now we mentioned that there are so many trials, uh, whether it is LBGT, whether it is in terms of, uh, of, 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 you know, a person in business, how he can, you know, we all try to be, do business in the right way, but sometimes shaitan comes and the deal is there and he's enticing us, but it's a haram way. All those fitnas, all those tests, whether it's the wife, whether it's the house, whether it's the bank, whether it is whatever fitna that a person, whatever test it may be going through, Allah Pak will protect that person from that type. Allah Pak will keep his iman strong. Why? Because he recited Suratul Kahf. Now, just to give us a brief history about Suratul Kahf, why Allah Pak revealed the surah, it was in the time of Makkah Mukarramah when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was still in Makkah before he made Hijrat. And why he had already started coming upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then Allah Pak would reveal, reveal certain verses, certain ayat, certain surahs. It was a big surah, Allah Pak would reveal it in portions according to the need. No, it, no, it wasn't that the surah was, the Quran was revealed in the order that it is today. Neither was it said that the surahs were revealed in the order that they are today. Neither it was said that the entire surahs came down at a time. It would be bits and portions. An occasion arose here, 
Allah Pak brought certain ayats down, revealed these ayats upon Rasulullah Sallallahu and then later on some other occasion came, some other like that, and then Rasulullah Sallallahu later on would tell the Sahaba, the, the writers of Wahi, those who used to write, note down Wahi, that this ayat came down, now put it under this surah, after this ayat here. Like that it was, it was kept preserved in that way, and then later on it was compiled into the book form in the time of Hazrat Umar Abu Bakr and Hazrat Usman Dadid, that all happened later. Nevertheless, this is one surah, we know it's about half separa, three quarter separa surah. This is one surah which Allah Taala revealed it entirely at one time. And Allah Pak sent down 70,000 angels when he revealed the surah, he sent it down with 70,000 angels to show us the importance of the surah. Now quickly, what was the reason? Nabi Wasallam was giving dawah to Iman, dawah to Allah, oneness of Allah, away from the idol worshipping that the people of Makkah were accustomed to. So these people now, they started presenting different options for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that let's compromise, I think we discussed this also one bayan few some time back, that will give you wealth, will give you woman, will give you title, will give you position, everything. But just don't call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stop this dawah work, stop inviting towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stop inviting to Islam. Nabi system was not prepared, so when they got tired and they lost hope, then they had a discussion, they had a mashura meeting that let us now see of another way that we can silence Rasulullah you know, like we'll put him in a corner, he won't have an answer for us, and then now we'll expose that he's a liar. So what they did, they said, only way to do is, let's go and ask the Jews, the people of the book, how they can help us. They were very smart, eh? they are very intelligent people. They know the kitab, the rabbis, they know their books well. They'll show us something that we'll come back and ask him about it, and he'll get stumped. He won't have an answer for us, and we'll expose that this person is an imposter, he's a liar. So they sent two people to Medina Munawara. Haris, uh, they sent two people, uh, what was the name? Haris ibn Nadar and Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id. They sent these two people, Kuffar, that go all the way to Medina, go and find out from the Jews, ask them what they have to say. So they said very simple, just ask Muhammad وسلم, three things. These three things are such, these three things are such, that many people don't know about it. Even the learned people, many of the learned people also, they haven't heard. These are strange things, unique things. People don't know the answers about this. So ask him, if he can give you even one answer correct, then believe that he is a true Nabi of Allah. But if he cannot give you even one, then you know this man is just taking a chance. He's not a Nabi, he's not a prophet. He's a liar, he's an imposter, he's only claiming. So they went, the first thing they said, that ask him about the people of the cave. ashab kahf the people of the cave. That entire incident is in Suratul Al-Kahf. It starts off with that incident. The second is ask him about Zulqarnain, who in English maybe they call him Alexandra the Great or Alexandra. Zulqarnain was that king who ruled the east to west. The entire world, there were few kings that ruled the whole world at one time, and one was Zulqarnain. So ask him what he has, if he knows anything about Zulqarnain. And the third thing they asked is about the Ruh. Ruh, you know, in our bodies, there's, a, there's one is called a Ruh. One is our organs that we know, heart, liver, kidney, all that. One is a Ruh. A Ruh is our soul. Is that nothing tangible that we can see? So it's something that people don't know much about, about the Ruh. Ask him about the Ruh, and let's see what he can tell you about it. So any of these three things, so they came back to the people, and they go, gathered all the people, they said, this is the answer that the Jews gave us. So they said, okay, let's go and ask him. So they went and asked Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that what do you have to say about these three things? So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had no knowledge, obviously. Allah Pak would inspire him. So he was hopeful of Wahi. So he said, no problem, come back tomorrow, I'll give you an answer. The so next day they came, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was unable to give them any answer. He said, okay, come back again tomorrow. They came back second day, he said, come back again tomorrow. Third day, fourth day, fifth day. Like that, 15 days passed. Now we know what was the reason that the answer did not come. Jay, I'm sure you must have heard. Jay, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forgot to use the word. 
inshallah now this also beloved friends we take it for granted inshallah i just want to digress we were in jamaat now in another country in south america now but last month we came back so there so many people you know you would meet reverts and we would be astonished to you know by the incident by their story we would ask them what brought you to islam everyone because everyone had like a unique story and there was there's no there's no ulama like how we have ulama there there's in that country where we went there were six south african ulama making khidmat in one area only i mean in one part of it in three different towns Two in this town, two in that town, two in that town. That's all. Everywhere else, there's no one doing the effort of Dawud like how in the South Africa they'll make fikr, they'll go do gersh. Of course, in the big town, the big area where the jamaat work is a bit strong, you'll find little bit there. The South there are ulama there from other countries like Panama and wherever. But this, we went other, you know, far west and various towns. You don't find anything, you know. Masjid is there. People are far. They, you know, they don't have the time. They don't have the time. To come to the masjid because they are so busy in the dunya. Over Fajr, Zohar, Asr, sometimes it's no one at all. There's no Imams also. Maghrib Isha, you'll get 8, 10. Isha, maybe 15, 20, you'll get in some places. Some places even less. <laughs> Nevertheless, one particular person, the point on our topic, we asked him, brother, how you accepted Islam? He says, I heard a lecture on the phone. This Molana, this Sheikh, this Ali was giving a bayan about Inshallah. He said, that only, and someone just sent it to me, it came on one group or something. He was a Christian, devout Christian. The hardcore Catholics. He says that this, I just heard this lecture and that was a turning point for me. I then started going into Islam, researching what is Inshallah. He spoke so much about Inshallah. What is Allah? What is this? And then he says, I went, Allah Park inspired me to go to the masjid and I became a Muslim. Like that, there are so many other unique stories, we won't go into that. So Nabi Park didn't say Inshallah 15 days. Allah Park held back the way, then Allah Park sent down the way, the whole thing came down. And Rasulullah was told in the surah also, Don't say anything that tomorrow I'm going to do this, tomorrow we'll do like this. Except you must say Inshallah. We should also make it a habit. Now one common mistake amongst us also is the word Inshallah and the word Alhamdulillah. So we mix these two up. Right? We say, Inshallah, I was there yesterday. Now that is wrong. Inshallah, it's for the future. Inshallah, I'll go there tomorrow. Inshallah, I'll do this. Inshallah, we'll go there. Inshallah, he'll come. So Inshallah is for the future. Whatever happened in the past, we thank Allah. We say, Alhamdulillah for that. So Alhamdulillah is for the past. Inshallah is for the future. So eventually when Rahi came down, then Rasulullah explained these incidents. Then these people still started looking for points and whatever. Some of them accepted, some didn't accept. That's another story. But now what is the first story? The lengthy story about the people of the cave. That these were Allah Park says they were innahum fitjatun amanu birabbihim wazidnaahum huda. They were youngsters. They were young boys. Whether they were five, some say they were five, some say less, some say more. Nevertheless, let's say they were five. They were living in a place where the king at that time was inviting towards Christianity very, very strongly. It was the time of Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. Isa alayhi salatu wasalam had passed away, but in his, in his ummah, he had some say about 250 years after Isa alayhi salatu wasalam came that this incident took place. And Nabi wasalam was born about, after Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, about 571, somewhere around there. So one day, this entire town or this entire village once a year, they would go out and have a big gathering function and they would go and worship the idols and they would slaughter animals in the name of the idols. So these boys, they didn't know each other. They were not known, not friends. They just happened to be in that village. So they all went out, but in their, each one's heart, he knew that what these people are doing is wrong. Now, this is the first sign of a person's iman. Before a person even verbally utters something, if it comes in a heart that this is right, then we must know that this is right. If in our heart, if our heart is clean, qalb salim, if we have a clean heart, pure heart, and if our heart tells us that, you know what, this is not the right way of life, then we must make inquiries and see that this won't be the right way of life. So these few youngsters, they felt in their heart that this is not right. So they still went, they saw, then that one particular youngster, he said, you know what, this 
talking to idols, worshipping idols. Doesn't make sense, man. How can the stone which you made with your own hands fulfill your needs? Then you slot in the and you slot in animals in the name of these idols. How are the idols? What, what benefit to the idols? And they just leave it like that, thinking that the idols are eating it and whatnot. So nevertheless, one particular youngster he went away away from this gathering. He took shelter under one tree. He found a nice spot. They shade there. He went and sat down there quietly. He didn't say anything to anyone. Just went. And after some time, a second one came, third one came. Like that, four, five of them they got together there. No one knows what's in the other one's heart. Each one only knows what's his position. So they were quiet for some time, silent, no one is speaking, everyone is scared. Eventually, the one person said, you know what, I don't think what these people are doing is right. I don't think, I also feel the same, I also feel the same. Like that now, five of them, they got together, they met for the first time, now they became friends. They are who we know, the people of the cave, the Ashabic of the story is very long, we won't have time to explain the whole thing. But just quickly, a few points. So eventually, when the function was over, they got back, then they used to meet, they said, you know what, let's put up our own, like a small formal structure, we'll worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what Israel is, Salatu wasalam, the religion, we'll follow that and we'll carry on. King got wind of it, he came to know that these few people in my kingdom, they're not worshipping, they be, don't believe in me as a king, then they're worshipping someone else, and they're not worshipping the gods and idols and whatnot. Now he sent for them. So he sent for them. So these people, mashallah, they used the opportunity and they started giving the king dawah, inviting him to us. Islam, the pure way, we won't say Islam because there was no Islam, but the deen of that time. We say Islam also no problem, but the deen of that time. So they invited him, the king, king heard everything, then the king says, no, we have to do what we saw our forefathers doing. What you're talking about is something else. We, I'm giving you ultimatum, you've got so much time, you've got to come back and tell me whether you accept. If you don't accept, you'll be killed. Now these boys got together, they started, decided that, you know what, the only way now is the king, we gave him Dawud, he don't want to accept. Now the protection of our Iman, that this is the, this is the point. That now, we whole life, we, we know how valuable this Iman is now. Now, whole life we have to preserve it. So, if it means to protect it, there is no other way but to leave town, then let us leave town. So, that's when they left the town and they went to a nearby, in the mountains, they found a cave there and they went and rested in that cave. And that's how that entire incident took place. And many years had passed, 309 years had passed. And they were still sleeping in the cave. Allah Pak put them off to sleep and then a king changed, another king came, another king. Eventually, by the time they got out of the cave, not realizing how long they slept, it was 309 years and there was another king who had already accepted the new way of life, the Islam of Isa wasalam, the religion, the deen of Isa wasalam, and they didn't know. And long story short, eventually they gave dawah and all the people in that area became Muslim. Now, a few people sacrificing themselves, preserving the Iman. Allah Pak loved it so much that not only Allah Pak gave these people Hidayat later on, but Allah Pak made it such that these people were mentioned in the Quran until the day of Qiyamah. They are recorded in the Quran Sharif. We will read about them. We'll get sawab for every alphabet of their story that we will read. And if you will read this on a Friday, Allah Pak loves it so much, Allah Pak guarantees us protection till next Friday also. So this is one of the greatest things Allah Pak has given us that we must use it to protect and preserve our Iman. Beloved friends, I tell you straight, ask those brothers who go out in Jamaat, various parts of the world, the Dini environment that we have in South Africa is second to none. There is nothing better than, I mean, there is, you know, you can go anywhere, east, west, north, south, right? The freedom, the openness, and the, the, the fikr to make our masjids full. You know, we talk in mashallah, if people don't come for other salah, but for Jummah salah, look at our crowd. One masjid, Jummah salah, 13 people. There are 60 Muslim homes in that town. 13 people coming for Jummah Salah. Do we think that that is justice? The madrasa system that we have, mashallah, we have so beautiful systems. Hundreds of students in every maktab and madrasa. We have dalums and madrasas. There's no such structures in many parts of the world. They try to establish, our South African ulama try to establish a lot of challenges from various quarters. Not so easy. But still the effort is going on. 
So let us, number one, make shukr. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what we have. And number two, make effort to protect and preserve what we have. Otherwise, we must understand that there were countries who had better than us in the past. In Russia, one one masjid was like a darulum. Hundreds and thousands of students would study in one one big, big masjid. And they had Shaykh al-Hadith and big, big imams and mufassirin and muhaddithin and fuqaha. All learned, big, big people, they're giants in Islam. But when they did not appreciate it and they did not value it and there was no follow-up effort to preserve what they had, Allah Pak took everything away. Some of those very same masjids when our jamaats go, they say today it's a museum, today it's a stable where animals are grazing, today it's just like a, you know, like a theater, some, some art, art galleries. All because why? There was no continuous effort of deen. So beloved friends, may Allah Pak give us also the reality to appreciate, to value. And like we mentioned right in the beginning that all these challenges are going to come to us from now. As long as we are living in this world, this world is a world of test. It's a Darul Imtihan, it's called a world of test. It's a life of test. Allah Pak will definitely test us. So we have to gear up. Don't say, oh, this test is so difficult. I can't handle it. Why Allah Pak is testing me? No, Allah Pak is test a person to elevate his status. The one who's closer to Allah gets test more. That is why Anbiya alayhi wa salatu wa salam was the closest. Allah Pak tested them the most from amongst all the people of their time. Some Nabis, Allah Pak tested them such eh, that the, the bodies were torn into pieces. Eh, bodies were torn into two. Some of them, the meat was, the flesh on their bodies were scraped off with steel combs. Why? Just because they said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one and they were inviting the people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah grant us a tawfiq. Let us all of us sit in here, make it a habit. We go home to our families today, we tell our wives, we tell our children, we tell our near and dear ones that this is what we heard about Surah Kahf. Let us all make it a, a, a practice of ours that the Friday Maghrib will not come. In other words, the Friday, Islamic day ends at Maghrib time. So from Thursday Maghrib, we can read it any time till Friday Maghrib. I will not let this 24 hours pass without me finding my time to read Surah Al-Kahf, inshallah. We all make that need. May Allah Pak grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah Hai Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, and Estainu, and Estafilu, and Minubi, and Atawakalu Ali. When I was a Billah, him in Shururi and Fusina, women say at Yamalina, Mayahilla, and Falamuzilla, who may dream of Falahadiella. 
ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصيهما فقد غوى نسأل الله ربنا أن يجعلنا ممن يطيعه ويطيع رسوله ويتبع رضوانه ويتنب سخطه يا أيها الناس إن لكم معالم فانتهوا إلى معالمكم وإن لكم نهاية فانتهوا إلى نهايتكم فإن العبد المؤمن بين مخافتين بين أجر قد مضى لا يدري ما الله صانع به وبين أجر قد بقي لا يدري ما الله قاض به فليتزود العبد من نفسه لنفسه ومن حياته لموته ومن شبابه لكبره ومن دنياه لآخرته فوالذي نفسي بيده ما بعد الموت من مستعتب ولا بعد الدنيا دار إلا الجنة وبالنار أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمله ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن أصحاب الكهف والرقيم كانوا من آياتنا عجبا وقال تعالى نحن نقص عليك نبأهم بالحق إنهم فتية آمنوا بربهم وزدناهم هدى وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى وأستقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمة سيرة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنه اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام وانصاره وإذل الشرك واشراره اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل ونحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون Can you make the surf straight? Stand shoulder to shoulder. Ensure that our cell phones are switched off. الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين 
سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبن كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وسلم اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام 
اللهم أعين على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذل منك الجد اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن سهلا إذا شئ يا واسع المغفرة اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واغفر ذنوب الناس أجمعين اللهم اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غل للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم اللهم بارك لنا في الموت وفيما بعد الموت اللهم حاسبنا حسابا يسيرا اللهم عافنا ونجنا من كل بلاء الدنيا وعذاب القبر وعذاب الآخرة أضينا بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا وبالسنة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إنا نسلك من كل خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سعادك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان عليك البلاء ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين من رحمتك يا رب العالمين